0: Amy, based on the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, it looks like Peter Parker's in some legal trouble.
1: Yeah, and it seems like he could use a lawyer who knows a thing or two about living
0: a double life. Marvel happens to have one on hand, and his name is Matt Murdock.
1: So while we're on a season break, we're heading back to 2020 to bring you our commentary series on Daredevil Season 1.
0: Just in case Mr. Murdock shows up in No Way Home, we could all use a refresher on The Devil of Hell's Kitchen.
1: We'll be back Monday, November 8th, to kick off season four of The Marvelous Madams with an episode on Spider Man Homecoming.
0: Where Claire is giving him one more patch job, and the glasses are off.
1: The glasses are off, and I hope he's compensating her for all the medical equipment she's using. That's just expensive.
0: Well, there's compensation, and there's compensation. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it yeah. were me, I'd be willing. I'd be willing to barter. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
1: Mm-hmm. You'd be willing to do a lot of things.
0: Welcome to the Marvelous Madam's podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris,
1: and I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel.
0: Madams, assemble. So here we are, episode 11. We're almost at the finish line.
1: Yeah, I am fucking pissed. Are you now? Yeah. At whom? At the two idiots, Nelson and Murdoch.
0: (laughs) To be fair, there are more than two idiots in this episode.
1: Well, yes, let's put it this way at all the idiots except Karen.
0: I was about to say there's another idiot whose name rhymes with (laughs) No, I think that's fair.
1: She's running helter-skelter, doing everything she can, and everyone else is being an idiot. Nobody's listening to her.
0: All right. We will get into this because I have some different feelings about Karen in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Matt and Foggy definitely... Acting like five-year-olds on the playground here. Yeah. So speaking of five-year-olds, this episode cleverly opens with an allegorical cartoon. (laughs) We see a little girl in the hospital waiting room, because that's where we pick up with Vanessa. And she is watching an old-timey cartoon of, I think, like a massive dog attacking another, like one of the little tiny dogs. Anyway, I don't remember human... Dog, whatever. The metaphor is clear. This is Fisk and Matt.
1: is it? I didn't think too much into that.
0: Oh, I did. Oh, absolutely, because they wouldn't zoom in on the TV like that and pick that particular cartoon for no reason. Not these writers. They're too smart,
1: okay. And was it a dog? I thought it was a duck.
0: It was either a really big dog or a really big man giving a beat down to either a smaller dog or duck, some kind of animal or human. I do not recall.
1: Okay. Clearly you've given this so much thought that you do not know the species.
0: Cartoons blur. Okay. <laughs> I've seen a lot in my time. Okay. All right. That's good. So in the waiting area with Fisk, we have our favorite piece of shit. Leland Owlsley.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that he says... I had a glass in my hand. Should I be checked out?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) He's winning the tacky Olympics. Oh, beyond. Oh,
1: he needed a good whack on the head.
0: And good on this show. Once again, they've done it with Claire many times. But good on this show for showing the power of nurses. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the way he went, don't you know who I am? Like anyone else would have just peed their pants right there.
0: I certainly would have.
1: she's used to this kind of stuff probably
0: yeah absolutely so she doesn't bat an eye with fisk she's just like "Mm, don't care who you are you're not coming back there
1: yeah she basically just said it doesn't matter
0: yeah and that line is so cliched that don't you know who i am but it works it's cliched for a reason yeah it does you know when used properly Mm -hmm. so we leave the hospital for a bit and we head over to matt's apartment where Karen finally sees the damage about.
1: Yeah. And she knows he's full of shit about this car
0: accident. Yeah. Finally, somebody getting curious. (laughs) Yeah. Did you notice how he immediately put his glasses on with her? Yes. Do you think he's even aware of what he's doing there? Yes, absolutely. How he's like symbolically shutting her out? Yeah.
1: Okay. Absolutely.
0: Because with Claire now, they were always off. Yeah. With Foggy, they were completely off. Once the foggy. one time,
1: yes, once Foggy knew.
0: Right, but with Karen, glasses on.
1: Yeah, because he still has that act.
0: Right. Well, I mean, he could still easily have the act without the glasses. I think it's more of a symbolic thing. That's why I'm not sure how much he's even aware of himself making the distinction.
1: I think it's got more to do with the act because when he went to the kitchen, got his beer and came out, he was trying to feel for the chair. We, We all know he doesn't need to feel for the chair. He can know what's on, where the chair is.
0: It drives me absolutely insane when he pulls the shit. (laughs) It really does. I'm like, would you stop it? So Karen, in her infinite wisdom, deduces that Fisk is behind this somehow. It's so frustrating because she knows she's being lied to. Yeah, And she knows they're doing it to protect her. And she's like, fuck this. I'm not a damsel in distress. I can handle it.
1: And she's right, which is really, really apparent at the end of the episode.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, it is. And which is why uh, several times throughout this episode, I'm like, who the fuck is Karen Page? (laughs) It occurred to me in this episode, huh, you know, we actually don't really know anything about her. She just showed up.
1: That's right. Yes. We have heard her talking about her. Backstory a little bit, but we don't Barely. really know who she is. Yes.
0: So Karen spills the beans here and admits that she found Fisk's mother's marriage certificate to this Vistain fellow just purely by chance. It was a clerical error. Yeah.
1: And she then took Ben to meet her and found out that Fisk had killed his father.
0: Right. And of course, Karen is hoping they can use this as some kind of leverage. And Matt responds with are you fucking insane
1: but he isn't quite that rude but yes but that is pretty much the trend of the episode karen goes to people saying let's do something about this and the other person says fuck no
0: it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine totally fine we got this Mm -hmm. so matt's incredibly worried about karen and i think this is the moment karen touches matt's face here Mm -hmm. Very tenderly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the moment he realizes how she feels about him. Possibly, yes. And he's starting to realize just how much he cares about her.
1: Also true, yes. I do like the lighting in this scene.
0: The shadowing of it? The
1: shadowing of it, the light coming in from the windows. Usually his apartment is so dark and that has a lot of yellow light to it. But in this case, it's white. It's relatively brighter. It's almost like a shadow has been lifted from this apartment. And the bit where she gives him the balloon and eventually when she walks away, he's holding that balloon. It's very well done. I really like that scene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And those two always do a great job together.
1: Yeah. And I really liked her dress.
0: She always looks amazing.
1: Yeah, she does. Even when she's crying away and getting dehydrated.
0: Yeah, she always looks amazing. And let me tell you, I speak from experience. As a woman with the same complexion, (laughs) there is a very limited number of colors one can look good in when you are a glass of milk. (laughs) And she always manages to look beautiful. Yes, she does. And now we move on to another pair. And I swear to God, I said out loud... When I realized what was going on here, ew. Not because of anything physical, but I was so disappointed in Mr. Nelson. <laughs> I'm like, oh, ew, she's a shark. Marcy's the worst. Why would you go back to her? I don't care how drunk you were. It was more about finding something familiar,
1: something safe that he knows what he's getting into, even if she's a bitch.
0: What is safe about that woman? He she's knows, like a Venus flytrap. He knows
1: she's a bitch. He knows what to expect from her. He just got betrayed by someone who he
0: trusts. Ugh. Still. Foggy, foggy, foggy. It's like
1: the devil you know, know. True. That's pretty much it, I think, with him.
0: Yeah, I think that's his... I'm gonna say that's his rock bottom.
1: I wouldn't say that because if I remember correctly... In the second season... Yeah, she
0: does turn good. She turns good and they
1: have a relationship and all of that.
0: While Foggy is trying to forget what he just did, Fisk is waiting for news on Vanessa at the hospital and he is, like, practically catatonic. Yes. This is an emotion, this is a state of being that we have never seen Wilson Fisk be in as an adult. Helplessness.
1: Yes, that's true. And there we see... How much he really does care for Vanessa.
0: We do. It's killing him because he can't buy his way out of this problem. He can't beat his way out of this problem. He can't kill anybody to make her better. He is powerless. Yes. To do anything about it.
1: Yeah, it's in the doctor's hands. It's in how much she can fight and come out of this. He can't do anything and all he can do is wait.
0: Now tell me this. If you are Vanessa's doctor... On a scale of one to shitting your pants, how scared are you knowing that if this woman dies, you may be personally held accountable for it? Let
1: me put it this way. Before I start treating her, I would have written my last will and testament.
0: Yeah, I'm stealing a pair of Depends from the supply closet, personally.
1: (laughs) But I think I would like to give Fisk enough credit that he wouldn't blame the doctors or he wouldn't lash out in that way. But that could be wishful thinking.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he'd be able to control it. Maybe. And we get another firsthand look at Owlsley's complete and utter callousness here. Yeah. He calls Vanessa Little Miss Hairdo."
1: <laughs> you know who he reminds me of? Who? Those old ladies, you know, who just like to sit and gossip and talk shit about everyone.
0: The blue hairs.
1: Is that what you call them? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, he'd be one of those. He he's like, he's like the wealthy version of the four old men when I was a kid who used to bring lawn chairs to sit outside the Dunkin' Donuts every morning.
1: Yeah, and talk shit about everyone who passes and just talk.
0: by. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's who he is.
0: Wesley is absolutely appalled at this, and just the way we see that Fisk truly loves Vanessa, we see that Wesley truly loves Fisk.
1: Yes. This episode, I think, answers a lot of your questions about their psychology.
0: It does. And you know what? I think it's safe to say that Wesley had probably grown close with Vanessa, too, because they're allies. They're on the same side. They care about the same person.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, especially when he had called her in that previous episode. Those two have bonded a little bit. Correct.
1: Yes. They are a close-knit group, the three of them.
0: Yes. But... Here's the thing. I hate myself for this. (laughs) Kind of because they are bad guys after all. But. Owlsley kind of does have a point here. They got a lot of shit to attend to. There's a lot of cogs and everything in motion. And three other people did die. And we need to be looking at, into how this all happened. And. Business, business, stocks and bonds, business.
1: Okay. Tell me this. If today any one of your loved ones were in the hospital fighting for their life and I come up to you and say, Krista, what are you doing here? Just waiting. Come on. We got to get the next episode
0: out. Oh, I agree with you a thousand percent. But here's the thing. The bar is lower for supervillains. No. No it's apparent they are human. Okay, so Fisk is a person, he has a conscience, he is capable of love, all of these things, but he has surrounded himself with people not encumbered by those things. And when you do that, that causes a problem.
1: Yes, so that's their problem, and when they are the ones, they are the ones who are being callous.
0: Yes, but here's the thing, this is also a guy who has no compunction about murdering old ladies and tons of other people and destroying a city so I can only have so much sympathy
1: it's not about sympathy it's about humanity he still does bleed if he's cut assuming he doesn't have his armor on
0: my point is I get where Owlsley is coming from because this is a recent development this humanity and Fisk they're they still haven't adapted to him having this emotional weakness as they see it. And they're still trying to tell him, like, you can't be a supervillain and have this attachment. And they're kind of right. He can't have it both ways. Yes,
1: they are to a certain extent. And I understand also where Al'sley is coming from, which is why Wesley has taken charge.
0: Yeah, it's basically the president has been incapacitated and is invoking the 25th Amendment Allowing the vice president to take over. I make this analogy because I was binging the West Wing yesterday because it no longer <laughs> makes me cry. Good for you. Because it is November 10th that we are recording this and I no longer want to jump off a bridge. <laughs> anyway. So with Wesley in charge, he tells Owlsley to talk to Madam Gao, try to get some info out of her and see if she or anybody she knows was behind this attack.
1: Yes. And then we go back to Matt's apartment
0: where Claire is giving him one more patch job. And the glasses are off.
1: The glasses are off. And I hope he's compensating her for all the medical equipment she's using. That's just expensive.
0: Well, there's compensation and there's compensation. (laughs) Know what I'm saying? Yeah. If it were me, I'd be willing I'd be willing to barter. That's all I'm saying.
1: Mm-hmm. You'd be willing to
0: do a lot of things. None of which I'm proud of, but yes. <laughs> so it's Claire is the one now who's like, dude, I think body armor would be a good idea.
1: Yeah. And about fucking time.
0: Yeah. That's one thing Matt and I seem to have in common, just a complete and utter lack of common sense. <laughs> i i understand yeah Mm -hmm. that's enough that's enough out of you (laughs) so these two continue to struggle with their feelings and it comes down to matt's not gonna stop yes and she can't be with him yeah that's the crux of it. it's too painful and i get it yeah i get it
1: yeah i do too and it's a shame that they have such good chemistry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do believe Claire speaks for all of us when she says to him, at least I got to see you with your shirt off again.
1: <laughs> for you more than anyone else.
0: Oh, you act like I'm the only one.
1: Um, well, really? not me, that there are others, I'm sure, out there. But between the two of us, for you more you than it You know me.
0: what kills me, though? She didn't even get the full theme park experience, you know?
1: okay you know what for legal
0: purposes
1: (laughs) before I even say something
0: you start laughing you know like just once would have been nice with such a tease like and she knows how good it would have been come on Charlie Cox please do not
1: serve us with a restraining order (laughs) what you can serve to her not to me (laughs)
0: Relax, I don't even leave my house to go to the grocery store. He's fine. For now. Oh, Charlie Cox would be fine. He's, he can blend. Just put a cap on and a college football t-shirt. He'll, he's fine. <laughs> so now we head over to the docks, where this show has established nothing good ever happens.
1: I think this show has established nothing good ever happens, period. Anywhere.
0: This is true. That's true. Let's
1: not blame just the docks, shall we? (laughs) It's bad for tourism.
0: So Ben's got a bit of a bone to pick with Karen here. Yes, understandably. You think? (laughs) Karen didn't exactly abduct him. However, she left out some very pertinent information before luring him to that nursing home. Yes, she manipulated him. Yeah. Not cool for two reasons. And the first Ben mentions here, like you used my wife, my dying wife. hmm. And that's an instance of Karen thinking the ends justify the means. Yes. And, you know, Ben's totally right. She's putting way too much stock in this whole fist killed his father thing because he's got the media in his pockets He's going to be able to spin this a million different ways to come out looking clean. And, you know, I think it goes to show how much tunnel vision Karen has here. She'll do anything to take down Fisk. She's not even asking the obvious question of what would make a 12 year old boy kill his father.
1: Yeah, agreed 100 percent on all the points.
0: Yeah, my first instinct, if I hear of a child murdering a parent, is abuse.
1: That's our perspective. But she is looking at Fisk as the devil incarnate. Right. In her mind, it's possible that he just killed his father for shits and giggles.
0: Because that's what she wants to believe. Yes. And at this point, that's what she has to believe. She's very much like Matt in that regard.
1: Yeah, true. And she has tunnel vision. And that is exactly what made her get this information in the first place. Yes, I agree that it may not hold up in court or he can spin it a million different ways, but it's something. Before this, they had nothing. And she's the one who is doing her darndest to get anything, something. These guys are just basically, Falky especially, is just basically doing nothing. And Matt is just going and beating people up, trying to get information, but he's not getting anything actionable.
0: True. Now, here's the other thing, though. If Karen wants to risk her own life, that's fine. It's her business. But in luring Ben out there without telling him why and bringing him into that woman's room for that conversation, she's risking his life without his consent.
1: Yeah, agreed. What she did with Ben in the previous episode was not cool. Absolutely, and she should have just told him and made it his choice to come along with her. What she was doing was basically trying to influence him into not dropping the story because she's desperate.
0: Yeah, not okay, Karen. Yeah. Not okay. Agreed. So we head back over to the hospital where Fisk has not left Vanessa's side and Wesley hasn't left Fisk's. Yes. Now, over these next three episodes... I have written in my notes at uh, various points, I hate Amy. This is one of those points. You know, you
1: really hurt me sometimes. <sighs>
0: <laughs> but you know exactly why I have that written down, and you're going to gloat about it. So go ahead. Uh,
1: I do not, and I'm, I'm I'm genuinely saying that not because I want you to say
0: why you hate me and why I'm right. <sighs> because I cannot deny. That this is a loving, supportive thing to do. Yes. In a relationship. Yes. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I made you say it. Yes. You knew You knew exactly what I was going to say. No, you jerk. No. Don't even try
1: <laughs> to deny no, it. No, g- genuinely, I did not. <laughs> but I'm so
0: happy to hear it, nonetheless. <sighs> but again... Enabling the monster. She's fucking dying. How
1: is she enabling him doing anything right now?
0: Not her. Wesley.
1: Well, they're both Just monsters.
0: generally speaking. Generally, Yes. Yeah, they're both terrible human beings. We also don't know anything about Wesley either. I think he was just hatched at age 25. <laughs> <laughs> Fully formed.
1: Yeah, well... Too bad we didn't get a chance to really know him.
0: Fisk is barely controlling his rage. And half of this rage is directed at whoever is responsible for this attack. But the other half is directed at himself. He is just racked with guilt right now. Yeah. He feels like he failed Vanessa. This wouldn't have happened if she wasn't with him. And you know what? You're right, buddy.
1: He is right, which is why he's taking the action so that he sends her away and keeps her safe. yeah. Fisk has finally realized that he cannot have emotional attachments because they are a weakness because of the people he's surrounded with. All this time, Madam Gao and Owsley were warning him. He finally got it.
0: He also no longer trusts Owsley. And he orders Wesley to transfer some funds quietly. Wesley is the only person at this point he is going to trust. Yes. And it's a smart move. So at this point, we see a doctor show up and just from the body language, we can see Vanessa is going to be okay.
1: Yeah. And we see the genuine relief on Wesley's face as well.
0: Yes. Yeah. He cares about both of them. Yeah. And now we head over to see a man who should be getting paid for caring at this point (laughs) because it's getting a little ridiculous.
1: Yes. Matt is at the church again.
0: I never thought I would hear myself utter the phrase, this poor priest. (laughs) because i mean not only is he counseling matt all the time now but now he also has to get condescended to like really matt you don't think he knows who you are yes matthew i'm not an idiot
1: <laughs> yeah matt thinks he's so secretive but he's not at least with him
0: no no No, he's known you since you were a kid. Yeah. Who do you think you're fooling here? (laughs) And you've basically admitted what you do.
1: Yeah. I mean, you go to say that you want to kill someone. It doesn't take a genius to figure out.
0: Yeah, you're not being coy, (laughs) Matt. You know, this priest says something that I've heard before, but it bears repeating. Dying is easy. Living is hard. Yes. It's an it's a. You know, it's kind of a pithy quote, but it doesn't make it any less true.
1: True. Agreed.
0: And this is where I just rolled my eyes pretty hard at Matt, despite my love for him. Matthew, you do not have the devil in you. Can we say no one has the devil in them? Okay, no one is possessed by the devil. You have severe PTSD. Now stop being so goddamn melodramatic. (laughs) You don't need a priest. You need a psychologist.
1: Yes, agreed. This is a symptom of of him growing up in a Catholic orphanage. There's no such thing as PTSD. It's the devil. Everything is the devil. That's inconvenient.
0: Yeah, I don't buy that because this is a well-educated lawyer, defense attorney who would be well-versed in knowing about these things, who also lives in the world and knows that, you know, Trauma exists. This bugs me, this scene. Yes. Because you know what, Matt, you're too smart for this. This it bugs me. He
1: is an educated smart man, but there are some things that are just so indoctrinated into him that into a person that you just it's really difficult to get out of, to break that programming. And this is the case with him. Another reason could be that it's just easier to blame an outside force like the devil than to really go deep and introspect about what it is that is making him do this.
0: And take responsibility for it. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't seen it that way, but you're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, he's not willing to take responsibility for what he's doing. He just wants to blame his situation, the people. There are a lot of ways to help people. He doesn't necessarily have to go and beat people up. It's just something that he wants to do. And he he was really close to admitting that. He almost, he pretty much did admit that in the previous episode. He doesn't want to really live with the consequences of that.
0: You know what's interesting, though, is that the next scene is Matt using meditation to heal faster. Right. And I find these things a little incongruous.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: You know, and it's just so interesting he uses it not for introspection not for calming his mind he does it to heal it is a tool to help him continue this mission of his and nothing more he just shuts off the other benefits of it correct and it does help explain a lot about his training and how he's able to do what he does
1: it does it's possible that he's purposely shutting out the introspection aspect of meditation.
0: He has to be. Yeah. Now, despite how quickly Matt can heal, he's still an absolute moron for hitting the streets again as soon as he does.
1: Yeah, he's doing that basically because he's not being able to concentrate. He's, he's essentially smarting mentally because he was defeated.
0: Yeah, now tell me, how many times in this episode does he open that gnarly gash in his side?
1: I don't God. know, but at this point... He should be buying stitching this st- by the uh, yard
0: yeah. wholesale. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know what the correct medical term for it is.
0: <laughs> I believe the correct unit of measure for Matt would be ass load. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the line here because it's a very human line. When Matt looks at this one goon and just says, I'm really not in the mood for this tonight. <laughs> As if he's talking to a cashier who's like trying to card him and he can't find his license in his wallet.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, at this point, that guy is just a mere inconvenience. By the way, do you recognize him?
0: Yes. Wasn't he the one who set up the gang war for Fisk in the first place? Who hid the mask? Who, who planted Matt's like phony mask on the dead Russian brother? No. Oh. (laughs) Then never mind. (laughs) No, I do
1: not. Close, but not quite. He was the guy who told Vladimir about, well, he didn't tell him, he kind of implied that Matt was working for Fisk. And he's also the guy who sold Healy his gun that jammed.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah, so Matt's just not in the mood for his shit. Yeah. And all he wants to know is where Fisk gets his body armor. Right. And, you know, it's funny. At At first, this dude has no idea what Matt's talking about. But funny enough, as soon as he's held over a roof, he magically remembers.
1: <laughs> yeah, being dangled across and facing down another dumpster would help with anyone's memory. Yeah, indeed. And what is it with Matt and dumpsters? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's just a lot of dumpsters in Manhattan <laughs> you're bound to run into one every half a block
1: yeah well Matt seems to be running into them and staying in them for quite a while as well
0: yeah now we head back to the hospital where again it's hard not to feel sympathy for Fisk here when he's with Vanessa this mm-hmm. is the love of his life yes but the real the real question is though does he love her enough to change what he does can he because what it comes down to is are what he does and who he is the same thing
1: that's the wrong question
0: what's the right one
1: the right question is does he love her enough to let her go in order to be safe because if he stops doing what he does he's done for he's dead and so is she he has to do what he has to do he's he's made his bed he now has to lie in it or else he will die. And so will she.
0: Well, it's going to get complicated and tricky as we go along, this whole dynamic. Yes, it does. And now Owsley returns pretending to care about (laughs) Vanessa. (laughs) And I think Fisk ignores him here because his only two options are ignoring him and strangling him to death.
1: Yes, he decided to do the expedient thing and just leaving. He doesn't have the mental bandwidth to yeah. deal with Owsley's drama.
0: No, he's got no middle ground at this point. Nope. And it's not like Owsley has anything eff- anyway. He just says, I got nothing from Gao. He's useless. And I just have this line in my notes. I can't wait to see him die. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's coming. As I said in a previous episode, there is a ticking clock over his head. So... Fisk had gotten a call earlier from his mother, but couldn't take it at the time. So Wesley checks back in with her and she has a story to tell him about a couple of visitors she had.
1: Mm -hmm. And this is when shit hits the fan.
0: Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So before Wesley deals with that problem, we got to go see Melvin the tailor. Yeah. Matt seriously underestimates Melvin here at first. Yes. He doesn't do the best recon. He goes into this very rashly. He
1: does. If he had taken even 10 minutes to figure out who Melvin is, they wouldn't have had to have this entire fight sequence.
0: Yeah, this whole brawl turns out to be completely useless. And I like that fact because it shows what Matt really wants. Matt enjoys the fighting. He does. He isn't even thinking about trying things a different way he's just running head first bull in a china shop into everything instead of using his brain
1: yes exactly and this goes back way back into episode one he was basically beating the russians and trying to get rid of them but he was just getting to the symptom he wasn't getting to the root cause and in this case as well He's not thinking about Melvin or why or how, nothing. He just thinks he's working for Fisk and that's it. Go and beat the shit out of this guy and force him to do something for me.
0: Yeah. And all I could think in this instance was, God, Matt, your father would be so disappointed in you.
1: True. And how was he any better than Fisk?
0: Exactly. And then, of course, Matt opens that giant gash again.
1: Of course. Yeah.
0: Just adding stupidity onto that Sunday.
1: <laughs> I mean, what's the point of even stitching it back up right now? Ugh. Ugh. Just leave it gaping open and oozing all the time.
0: Now, speaking of acting rashly and making mistakes, Wesley makes a big one. hmm In hindsight. Yeah, there's a few mistakes wrapped up in here. One, he doesn't tell anyone where he's going or who he's going to see yes number 2 he goes alone mhm and number 3 he goes into this seriously underestimating his opponent just
1: like matt yes he does make these mistakes and it it could have potentially saved his life if he would have taken even one guy with him
0: oh i think it absolutely would have yeah no question
1: i think this is a case of him becoming emotional as well
0: absolutely
1: he wanted to take care of this So that Fisk doesn't have to deal with it.
0: A hundred percent. He, you know, (laughs) can't help myself. There's a scene in the West Wing where at some point, I think it's season four, President Bartlett says to Josh Lyman, you know what the difference between you and me is? I want to be the guy. You want to be the guy the guy counts on. That's Wesley. Yes. So while Wesley's... Out taking care of business he puts all the guards on fisk don't worry about me boss i got this Mm -hmm. melvin the tailor just has a breakdown and it brings this brawl to a hard stop yeah
1: and a very unexpected stop
0: i feel so bad for this guy i know he's clearly developmentally disabled in some way some might call him a savant because he's clearly very good at what he does yes And the only reason he's working for Fisk is because Fisk is threatening to harm a woman he cares about. Poor Betsy. Yeah. And you know what's even tougher is I'm betting that Betsy is like just a waitress at a coffee shop who says hi to him. Who's nice to him. I wouldn't be surprised too. yeah. Even though this guy can fight, he's very sweet and he's very scared
1: yeah he is and matt uses that
0: he does use it but at least he understands quickly what this guy is all about and treats him with kindness and i do believe matt completely meant it when he's like don't you worry i'll take care of betsy i'll protect her i do believe he means it and he believes it about himself
1: Yeah, but there is also another aspect of him saying that in order to get what he wants.
0: True, but I do believe he'll follow through. I don't think he'd allow himself to have another life on his conscience.
1: Yeah, he has every intention to follow through, but he's also using it to his advantage. It's a bit gray. I'm not saying it's like he's manipulating him and not following through. It's gray.
0: Yeah, but just if it is, He can make Matt what he wants.
1: Yes. About time.
0: Yeah. Forget branding. Body armor.
1: Body armor and branding is very important.
0: So big surprise here. Karen finds Foggy in the bar. He's having himself at a little pity party.
1: Absolutely. And at this point, Matt and Foggy are behaving like two teenagers who... Both like each other, but they want to tell their friend, oh, does he like me or does she like me? And did you meet this one or did you meet that one? And what what did this one say? And what did that one say? Grow the fuck up and speak to each other.
0: Yeah. And Karen is in the middle. She's so frustrated that they won't let her in on this. She's hurt along with it that they won't trust her enough with everything that's going on.
1: Yeah. And that's where I'm pissed off. These two have their own thing going on. Everyone is trying to protect the other one. And everyone is getting into their own shit. If they simply communicated, life would be so much more easier.
0: But we can't have that, can we?
1: No, we cannot, because these people are idiots. (laughs) In Thor, we had the idiots three. In Daredevil, we have the idiots two.
0: (laughs) Well... Karen, I'm on the fence about Karen because she pulls a me here and uh, doesn't have the best situational awareness. And Wesley is able to grab her when she's trying to get into her apartment. I don't think you can blame her for that. It's hard because she has to know she was risking her life. Just because somebody has Alzheimer's doesn't mean you you never know what they're going to remember. That was a huge risk. Yes. Clearly Fisk's mother was sharp, was still sharp enough to remember her and relay the information.
1: She doesn't know that. Yet. Yet. And like you said, she has tunnel vision.
0: Yeah, but I mean, somebody who's already been framed for murder once attempted, murdered upon herself once. Twice, twice, yeah. You'd think she'd be a little more aware of her surroundings. Especially when the bulb has been knocked out. That's like true crime 101.
1: (laughs) Maybe she's not a true crime aficionado like you.
0: Yeah, she is, because she fucking lives it. (laughs) She is a true crime story.
1: Also remember that earlier on in in the beginning of the season when nobody was listening to her and nobody was willing to help her she took it upon herself to go to that auction and try to find out who was what with union allied she is so focused on what she wants to do she doesn't realize that there are other forces at play and that she's putting herself at, in danger that is just who she yeah, is well,
0: I feel like she should have figured that one out by now
1: But that doesn't necessarily mean that she will be kidnapped at right that very moment. She was emotional. Everyone was giving her shit. Nobody was willing to do anything for her. I'm talking about from her perspective. Nobody was willing to listen to her.
0: In her position, I would have at least said, you know what, Foggy? You're walking me home. Strength in numbers right now.
1: Again, it doesn't strike her that... It should.
0: It should.
1: It should but it doesn't. She is too focused. And she's also hurt that her two closest friends, her confidants, are not telling her what's going on. Because at this point, it's pretty clear,
0: she doesn't have a life. That's true. You're right about that. But when one is living in an Anne Rule novel, suck up the pride a little bit. (laughs) Again, I think what this also comes down to is that Karen is a thousand times braver than I would ever be. I would have moved to the Bahamas and had plastic surgery by now. that That's the crux of it. She is recklessly brave. We head back over to the hospital now for what is a very complicated scene. Yes, yes, you hate Amy. I know. No, 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 it's not that. Okay. This is one of those times where casting is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it always is. But it's moments like these. That you need a really committed, dedicated character actor like Vincent D'Onofrio to pull off the emotionality of this scene.
1: Without getting hammy.
0: Exactly. And he does it.
1: And he does it so movingly.
0: Yes, because he somehow manages to be incredibly loving and incredibly terrifying at the same time. He does. Like, he's relishing the idea of killing whoever nearly took her from him.
1: Yes. And he's also petrified of losing her.
0: Yeah. Whether it be because he can't protect her or whether it's, you know what, Wilson? Uh, You're not worth it. I'm out. Yeah. He doesn't know yet.
1: Yeah, he doesn't. And that would just kill him if that were to have
0: happened. Absolutely. But the way he is smiling when he's talking about executing these people. Oh, my God. (laughs) Chilling. It's a warm
1: smile, yet it's cold as ice.
0: It is. And God, I hate you. (laughs) There is something, though, so primal about this, like... There's something, God, I hate myself too. You get it. There's something very romantic. Yes. There's something very romantic (laughs) about the notion of, I will kill for you. I love you that much. You are that important. Exactly. Listeners, at this
1: point, I would like to say, (sighs) please, mentally replace the term, Amy, I hate you, with Amy, you are right. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Never. I'm telling our listeners because I know your pride gets in the way.
0: (laughs) So while Fisk is basking in his uh, imagination there, poor Karen wakes up gulping for air, just drugged. She is fantastic here.
1: Yes, she is. She has been given something that immobilizes her.
0: Yeah. And again, this is another instance, like we just said, It's very difficult to play like drugged and injured like this without being hammy about it.
1: Yeah, but she does a good job. Her posture is a little bit wonky, but not being exaggerated, cartoony. She balances it out really well.
0: Yeah, so great job by Deborah Ann Woll in the scene, but also great job from Toby Leonard Moore, who plays Wesley.
1: Yeah, both of them do a really wonderful job.
0: This is some solid villaining here.
1: Yes, absolutely. I remember the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, man, what's going to happen?
0: Yeah, and this is another instance of the villain's ego and emotions getting in the way. He is playing this out for himself. He is enjoying this too much.
1: Yeah. As much as he wants to be Fisk's right-hand man, he also enjoys the power. This is him playing out his fantasy of being the one in charge.
0: I think it's more than that. I think he wants to cause Karen as much emotional pain as possible. Yeah. And also it's just his nature to be a slime ball. He can't help it.
1: True. And it could also be his release from all the tension. He's worried about Vanessa and Fisk. She was just an
0: outlet for him. That's a really good point. I love that Karen still has enough spine to get a little sassy with him. (laughs) When Wesley's telling her, like, how filthy this city is and how much he can't stand maybe you should move. Yeah. (laughs) And it's finally sinking in for Karen now, like, oh, right, when I went to see Fisk's mother, I signed my own death warrant and Ben's. Yeah, it didn't strike
1: her till then because... There is a good chance that she had underestimated Fisk's mother because of her Alzheimer's.
0: Yeah. But now Wesley makes another big mistake. He lets it slip that he hasn't told Fisk about this. Yeah. And this is a sentimental mistake. He didn't want to worry Fisk with this, he wanted to have it done and handled for him so he could focus on Vanessa.
1: Correct. This gives Karen an opportunity that she doesn't quite realize just yet
0: yeah but first we've got to do a little more villaining and wesley lets her know oh no 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 i'm not gonna kill you no here's what you're gonna do for us you're basically gonna be a shill for us and if you don't we're gonna kill ben matt foggy and everyone in the world you possibly care about
1: yeah true and the way he does this little monologue chilling
0: Mm mm-hmm he's loving every second of it
1: yeah and then he gets distracted
0: yeah technology can be a bitch, you know
1: (laughs) yeah that one split second where fisk is calling him karen takes the opportunity and takes the gun and at this point they're both just bluffing at each other
0: oh i don't think karen's bluffing Wesley's bluffing hard I give him credit for staying as cool as he does since he knows the gun is actually loaded and he fucked up hard that's because he's
1: underestimating her again at this point we don't know her backstory at all we don't know if she's proficient in guns or if she has or has not killed anyone
0: well I'll tell you this after seeing Karen shoot him to pieces he basically dares her to shoot him to pieces she knows how to handle a firearm yeah she does she's clearly not a novice at this no she isn't and it's at this point where i again this this time it's in all caps in my notes okay seriously who the fuck is karen page
1: (laughs) so yeah she shoots him she's equally shocked at the fact that she actually did it and then she just runs away
0: and now with wesley dead fisk has no idea that anyone went to see his mother.
1: Yeah, he has no clue and he has no clue where is Wesley and what is happening.
0: Yeah. He's been so focused on Vanessa, he has no idea what is going on in his organization. Right. And now the man he put in charge of that is also gone. So things are about to fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. So R.I.P. Wesley.
1: Much to your joy. And while Fisk is desperately trying to get in touch with Wesley, you can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at MarvelMadams.
0: Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris.
1: And I'm Madam Amy. Join us next week for Season 1, Episode 12 of Daredevil.
0: And if you really want to have a good time listening to that one, take a shot every time you hear me say, I hate Amy.
1: (laughs) I would not recommend that because that might lead to some alcohol poisoning.
0: I hate Amy If you enjoy (laughs) listening to us And you'd like an exclusive episode About how we met and started the podcast Our origin story as it were Join our email list and we'll send you the link
1: Sign up on our website TheMarvelousMadams.com Where infinity stones are a girl's best friend Debra Wall, we really want you. We are really buttering you up. Please come. (laughs) Please, please let us interview you. We don't,
0: we, we don't reek of desperation at all. (laughs)